podcasting service. Let me hit record real quick. Yeah, the, the fingerprints on your screen look like an entire landscape. <laughs> Shh, be quiet. <laughs> Oh shit, we're live. I was not well, the first words to... out of our mouths. Was not literally prepared Welcome for that. Welcome to the at next all. episode of Play Broadcasting Service. Ladies. Let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of Super's Corner. No, this isn't that's not what this is. I just have a corner on the on the episode. That's true. So, Alright, so anyways, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of PBS. All right, done that three, it, three, it, two or three it, How does Car do it from that? It's I think the next part is like, okay, clap, oh, yeah. everybody clap. clap. <laughs> Thank you for our in-house audience. Uh, we definitely have the tacos over here for anyone who wants them. What? Tristan, we don't care what you have to say. We you're not part of the soundboard. Yeah, yeah, you get out of here with your <laughs> telling me to shush during my show. You're fired. Get out. So we got a great topic list for you today. Do we? No, actually, we have zero topic lists for you today. I think Car sent me a topic list. Let's see what it says. Yeah. I'm not going to follow it, to be yeah. honest. Why I'm going to look at it for like a handful of hints. It does say Voltage. No, actually, it doesn't. He doesn't put that in the, our in the show notes. Our great sponsor, Voltage.cloud, is but, their website but of our sponsor. Did you just put up the banner? Okay, the banner's up. That means it's time for our sponsors. Super. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about our friends at Voltage. My favorite thing about Voltage is that you can get a lightning node uh, spun up there, and it's really great for development purposes. Um, you get you get a couple different tools. You get Thunderhub and LNBits built in. You get API keys and documentation for those. Uh, you can create invoices, send money, you can receive money. They've got a flow service that will open channels to you. It really makes developing on top of the lightning network a breeze. So that's uh, Voltage. Check it out, voltage.cloud. Thank you, Voltage. Uh, I'm doing something. I was looking for the, we're, we're gonna the, get topics for you, the list. There it is. All right, fear. there it is. The Austin BitDevs recap. I don't. I wasn't there, so I can't really do much of a recap. You guys I, said BitDevs? Yes, but I didn't wear a cap the first time. You know, if you show up on time, you have your tacos before the show starts, and then you can participate. So it have to be my primary capping experience. <laughs> Does anyone have it? Can I use your hat? Sure. All right. First, I cap, then I recap. Uh, let's talk about bit devs. So, awesome bit devs. I I wasn't there. How did it go? It's, it was great. I kicked it off. Um, yeah. Did they talk about the next thing on our list? Super Invents Bull Run. Yeah, that was kind of the first thing we talked about, and it's apparently the first thing we're gonna kind of talk about too. Uh, so, bit devs is a, a, a monthly event that in Austin, Texas, in Bitcoin Commons where uh, developers come to learn about developments in Bitcoin and talk to one another and network and stuff. One of the things we talked about was an invention of mine from this week called Bull Run, uh, which is, yeah, got some fans, um, which is an Uber, Uber, really? No. Oh, some people are actually using it apparently, allegedly. Um, it's an Uber clone that uses Bitcoin and the Lightning Network instead of uh, fiat and visa cards uh, and it works like I we were we showed showcased it and um, it's being uh, integrated into an app called Arcade City which is going to build a uh, interface an app that uses this protocol I invented so that's going to be fun uh, yeah so check it out by decentralized Uber 
by going to my GitHub and trying to find it, I guess. Yeah, it's called Bull Run. Decentralized Uber seems like a great idea. I mean, for so many reasons, but like the centralized service, uh, it's like I, I pay, I don't know, let's say I'm going down towards like South Lamar where a lot of the Bitcoiners are hanging out in this neighborhood. It's like $15 one way. How much of that actually ends up in the pocket of the driver? Does anybody actually know? Like what's like the percentage of a ride? I mean, I've, I've definitely, I've been an Uber driver and, and I ask people sometimes and back when I was doing it, my memory says it's 60% uh, is taken by Uber and yeah, the rider yeah. gets 40%. So 40% plus, plus your tips are yours. Right. Yeah. So if you had like it, but when I was doing it, Uber didn't do tips, but um, some people would give you cash though. Great. But yeah, if you have like a $10 fare on Uber and you're like, oh, it's going to be $10 to go here. Like the driver gets four of that. Yeah. So, so but, I mean, I imagine that probably hasn't changed much. And if it has, it probably went lower than higher. So 40% or below would be my guess. Can you imagine? Like, I mean, when I was, run, when I was talking, yeah, or, I mean, I guess that's true. Um, I know when I was like talking to Christopher at Arcade City, like having uh, kind of like both implementations available where you can like basically use Uber um through lightning or like the kind of payment traditional payment rails of like fiat and credit cards mm-hmm. um it was like 10 percent uh would be taken off the top for the fiat rails and it was one percent for the lightning side of things or bitcoin side of things so i mean like 90 percent or 99 percent is literally significantly higher than in either way is like significantly higher than the yeah what one thing i hope happens if if drivers start actually using bull run i i hope that they will like let's say it was going to be a a ten dollar ride on uber and they would get four four dollars of that they could charge like eight dollars for the same ride on bull run and that would double their income but it would still be a 20 percent discount for the user because now the user is paying eight dollars instead of ten yeah, I mean, I think really huge. I think we talk about that in Bitcoin in general a lot, right? Is like on an actual good money standard where you don't like build ridiculous middlemen systems that aren't necessary. Mm. Um, you actually end up with <laughs> you end up with like a, a closer, honest value system. You end up with like things on a hard money standard that are like priced in value that actually is what the market should pay for it. And I, I think that's kind of what you're saying. Is that like Uber's significantly overpriced for like the value you're actually receiving. I should clarify it uh, after a comment from my uh, lightning escrow co-founder, Tristan. Um, it's only, it's only, free, yes, the, he's founder, I'm co-founder. It's only free because we're currently in beta. Uh, once we're out of beta, we'll, all these payments are being escrowed on bull run through lightning escrow. And we'll, once we're out of beta, we'll charge a 1% fee. So it won't be. I mean, dude, that's another thing forever. I think that I really love to see is like when I saw that you implemented that and then like used lightning escrow, I love watching what's happening in Austin and what's happening with the startups we've been working with at Pleb Lab. It's like as more and more things get built out and as more people come to build here, like there's more synergies happening on a daily basis between all of these companies. And it's really fucking cool to start seeing it all play out. Synergies. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Synergies. I, I wish there was, I've like been looking for a better word for synergy really Why? For a, that's one of the best words 
It feels. Do you know how many points you'd get if you got to put synergy on like Scrabble? That would be a lot of points. Not really gonna. You have to. You have to take an N R G and S O Y N E. Not really gonna make it. Uh, no, what's the next, um, oh, are we on uh, to the I next guess topic? Bull Run was the next topic. Bull Run was, that, so. yep, we have burned oh. through Bull Run. But we didn't talk about what, the rest of what happened at BitDevs. Yeah, that's true, we, we, that's how Super works. He goes to sleep one night and then he wakes up with an idea and then he builds it in eight minutes. It helps that I'd written a lot of similar things before. Uh, so there was an audience question, how did I do it in four days? Um, cause I started it on Friday and had it finished on Tuesday, but I didn't work on Sunday. Uh, definitely not. So no, I, um, the so part of it is that I've pure. done similar things before. Uh, and one example was, uh, I've done mapping stuff. Like I made a, a, a map of, uh, I, I, I took a map once and put a bunch of things on it. And so I reused that code to put like two pins together and then I had to write some code for checking distances between them. But it really, like getting the map done and the location checking only took one day. And then on the second day we made, um, uh, I made it so you, could ha so you could have a driver and a rider and it would compare the locations. And then the third day we made the interface for it. And the fourth day I f cleaned up the interface and then it was done. So, I mean, done, it, it's in a state where it works. It's got some bugs still, but the core functionality is there. So, I don't think that no one's ever called me that. So, <laughs> okay, okay, one person's called me that, which is you just now. Uh, all right, uh, but there were other things we talked about at BitDevs. We talked about Fediment, which was um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the audience question what is Fediment? You know what's uh, funny is if we go down two more things on the list, there it that is. Was, that was what it is. I, apparently, we you were just, just going to talk about everything of... that happened at BitDevs last night. That's our talking points today. <laughs> Fe, well, so, some, sometimes these uh, PBS things get a bit technical, usually when I'm on. Um, uh, Fediment, is, um, Fediment, Fediment is a piece of software for doing um, community banking. And uh, they are sometimes called Xiaomian uh, eCash systems. So that's a much weirder name than a community bank. But there's this inventor. Uh, Fun fact, David Chalm's coming to Austin. Yeah, there's a pr computer programmer named, named David Chalm who was working on digital currency in the 1980s. And he invented this system called e uh, Xiaomian eCash, which, uh, which involves um, uh, depositing money into a, into a bank, a digital bank, and uh, then the bank issues you IOUs that correspond to however much you deposited, and you can trade them among other members of the bank or outside individuals, and the bank can't tell which, which of its um, issued IOUs was transferred. They just know that whoever comes to them with one of these IOUs has a claim on like $5 or whatever the IOU is worth. Uh, and so somebody implemented this for Bitcoin because uh, he, he did it back in the 80s for um, normal dollars, but, but his company got shut down. Uh, so somebody implemented it for Bitcoin now. And there's a few Xiaomi and eCash servers that use Bitcoin. Uh, and that's what's going on there. So that's what, I hope that explains it. Does that help at all? Yeah. Um, Basically, from those. the understanding I get is that it's like, uh, it's 
credit unions for Bitcoin, essentially. Mm-hmm. With, with like with increased like uh, privacy and like the I guess the kind of the trade off would be some level of like community trust. Oh, absolutely. Satoshi Nakamoto criticizes Xiaomi and eCash servers in the Bitcoin white paper. He spends like a paragraph on them. Uh, and he says the problem with Xiaomi and eCash servers is that you, all, all of the, the stability of the entire monetary system uh, runs through this one server. Uh, and that's not good. Uh, so that was, that he, he decided to create Bitcoin because DigiCash failed in the 1980s, which was, the, which was Ch- David Chalm's... Um, Right, so the thing. advantage on Bitcoin would be that it's not on one server, right? It's right. the same kind of decentralized thought process that we have that like strengthens Bitcoin. Right. Yeah, I just I think it's neat that like we've reinvented these things and hopefully we'll hopefully by having lots of them will solve the the problem of like the entire financial system running through one server. It'll it'll only be the users of that particular um, mint who will be, rely on on trusting it. Well, here's what I know. There's some smart ass people working on it it makes me bullish smart smart what kind of people smart people yeah. there's a lot of smart people working on it that's a strange kind of person yeah the ass people have you, you ever met them before <laughs> i have uh i know a handful well, you're, yeah. my, you're my best friend Kyle. So. <laughs> you're so funny super uh all right yeah he should be a stand-up next topic wait a minute whoa <laughs> Uh, I I do promise that at least one joke will be told during this presentation. You already told one. Well, then I've kept my promise. Man of my word. You are a man of your word. Um, Austin Brotilla? Do you guys pronounce it Brotilla or Brotilla? I hope no one pronounces it Brotilla. It's not a a Mexican dish. I don't know. Uh, Didn't we talk about this at the last PBS? There's, well, skip it. All right. We talked a, about it already. There's like a lake or a pond or something in Austin, and some, some Bitcoiners go there. <laughs> uh, and they, they swim in it and There's hang some out. body of water where a bunch of bros tilla it up under some umbrellas, and they drink drinks. And Well, there's one female, too. So it's, like I said, it's bros it's and brosettes. <laughs> Shocking. Bitcoiners hanging out with all dudes. I would never have guessed. But you do have... Hey, ladies, join us at the Brotilla. That's fair. I am not. I'm not inviting you. Yeah, I'm, I'm already probably in trouble for that claim. I didn't name it either. The internet named it the Brotilla. But we have the Bitcoin Brotilla. The Bitcoin which is Brotilla. Like a, a coterie of Bitcoiners. Who, a coterie of Bitcoiners who go to it. This wording just keeps getting better. Yeah, that's a coterie. Uh, what happened? Someone killed someone? Oh, that's better than what I heard. I heard killed someone. I was like, whoa, that got got escalated quickly. does rhyme with kill. Killed and killed. I heard the ilb part, and I was just like, whoa, what happened? So where where is this? In case anyone wants to come to float with Bitcoiners, where is it? Lou Neff Point at noon on Saturdays? If you know French, go try and spell it. Um, next topic. The next topic doesn't, I think it has something to do with some place that you guys ate pizza because it just says best pizza in Austin, Texas. Car the back, and, the car backyard and or the back porch or. Car and I and Keon went to a place called Backspace recently Backspace, that had pretty good pizza, yeah. but it was really Isn't expensive. that a website that got shut down for like 
selling hookers or something. That's that's back page. Back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the, the internet I, exists, and I, like I've worked on a whole lot of projects. I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, the best pizza in Austin, Texas, is, in my opinion, via three one three. It's like a close. It's a close battle because I like, I like traditional pizza, like like, like just home like slice. A, yeah, home, home slice. Is really good too. Home slice is really good pizza, but I don't know if I think it's better than via three one three. Yeah, for me, it depends on my mood. I guess that's. I guess that's fair, but like slices. my mood tends to skew me towards Via Three One Three more than Home Slice. Uh, that's that's good. I think it's Via Three One Three for yeah, me. That's right. True for me too. I would usually rather have Via Three One Three. They they have deep dish pizza, um, and it's Detroit style. It's very um, good. Whereas Home Slice is normal. I mean, normal pizza. It's like American pizza, like you'd find at Pizza Hut or something. Oh, it's, it's not like really Pizza well. Hut at all. For those of you who have never been to Home Slice here, please try it if if, if you. I don't mean it's as I don't mean it's as like equal in quality. Okay. I just mean the same like appearance. It's like a New York style slice of pizza. Okay. I, I, in my mind, New York style means enormous slices. So. I don't know. Sure. It's, it's a standard round pizza that you might get from <laughs> Pizza Hut. Yeah, I've been to New York. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not. Yeah, I, I would say, like, when you get pizza by the slice in New York City, it, in my experience, it was, they were enormous. They were like eight times the size of a regular slice of pizza. And that's what I thought was... Oh! Ben Price just gave me a new shirt, uh, and this is my second... Ben Price? Uh, Bitcoin Company shirt. Are you gonna... They're not an official sponsor you're gonna, yet. You're gonna join us? You know what? We'll shield their shirts. They're not an official sponsor yet, but it's unofficially being worked on. But I got it for free, and you know what? The price is right. Well, I I wore the, I wore a gray shirt yesterday, and I wore this the day before. Well, not this one, but my you're other obviously one. not around enough. He was wearing a pleb lab tie dye shirt like three days ago. Yeah, I've got like seven different shirts, so. He has seven different shirts. I'm not your standard homeless person. <laughs> yeah, he's got three more shirts than them. Where's your tent at, Susan? Why not giving away that information? It's by the highway. <laughs> <laughs> under the bridge, under the bridge, down by the river. It's near the, it's near the, near the overpass. <laughs> uh, does anybody know anything about Bitcoin breakfast gets upgraded? What does that mean? The meat... Well, we have been meeting at the Meteor for Bitcoin Breakfast. Yeah, I know that, but like, I, this thought process says Bitcoin Breakfast gets upgraded. What got upgraded? I haven't heard of any upgrades. This I'm, is what happens when Carr makes the, the list for talk, to, talking points and then doesn't come to participate. Matt, Matt Donovan isn't isn't here to explain what's going on. He's in charge of Bitcoin Breakfast. Uh, did he say that Meteor is now on Oh, yeah. Meteor coffee. So Meteor, Meteor's on Ibex for just like full Bitcoin payments. Yeah, I don't think it's just They accept Bitcoin over the Lightning Network. So go Sweet. pay for your uh, burgers and, well, I guess breakfast tacos. Ladies and gentlemen, Meteor. Meteor coffee. coffee on, is that South Lamar? Yes. South Congress. South Congress. South Congress. South Congress. No. So, so, no. so Meteor coffee on South Congress is now officially, on, how many places does that get us up to in Austin now that's on a, 20. 20? 20? more than two 
Somebody says 20. Somebody else says more than two. Good guess, Tristan. You're, uh, you're probably right. That's, I think it's around 20 because there's a lot of there's like 10 food trucks and then there's uh, three bars um, and there's the three, three Forks restaurant and now there's the Meteor Coffee. So yeah. I think we're getting close to 20, maybe even more. It's pretty awesome. We're getting there. We're going to build up that Bitcoin standard. How long until city level? Uh, the, 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 if you're guessing. The whole time. I don't know what you mean by city level. This is all happening in a city. Uh, like, I mean, like, it's integrated at, like, city governance level. Like, it's like when adopted. Like, accept Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah. Like, when is, when is the entire city of Austin essentially able to accept and pay in Bitcoin? Well, they're able to right now. That's true. <laughs> if everyone just goes to Meteor Coffee, then they can do it right now. You can all live on a Bitcoin standard, just never eat anywhere else. <laughs> That would be probably good for Meteor Coffee. I don't think they'd be mad about the entire city of Austin buying food only from them. There you go. They'd probably run into some supply chain issues in the... In It'd the, be a good uh, problem the, to have. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst problem to have. What's the next uh, topic? That's basically Wait, all the topics, any audience which, is, which is audience questions. Anybody? Do you? Really? The co-founder of Meteor Coffee also founded Intelligentsia Coffee? When did you learn that? Nice. You must be an Intelligentsia person. All right. So uh, we have like an hour left and no, nothing to talk about. Uh, suggestions. I don't, think that's, for those. I don't think that's entirely true. It's, we got 30 minutes left. It's time for another one to do a stand-up. <laughs> We got 40 minutes. We do a 40. We got 38. Yeah, we're we're getting through it. This is get. We're gonna do. We're gonna play the quiet game now, and we're gonna like literally just live stream who can sit here without making noise for the longest. You win. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the the projects uh, that have been that have been working on. John from Zaprite is in the audience. He's got a project. John, why don't you come up here and tell us about it? He says no. He's working on bugs. Uh, I didn't say no. What do you want to hear? You, you went on a podcast today? Here. John, okay, so he w apparently won't come up to tell us about his project, but I will do my best. John <laughs> is, uh, he, he makes uh, accounting software, right? He makes the QuickBooks of Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, so so like you can have like you could put stuff in a table and like pivot that. It's pretty sweet. Do you want to clarify what you're doing, John? <laughs> hey man, you're leaving it up to Super if you don't come up here. Like if you if you like spreadsheets, you will love what John's making. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can talk about it. You're doing a great job. Go for it. Am I? John just endorsed that he's making spreadsheets on Bitcoin. <laughs> so, all right. I was trying, yeah, what I was trying to do was describe it so vaguely and horribly <laughs> that you'd have to come up here and correct it. But uh, yeah, the, the token launch is happening in June. So get in on the ground floor, everybody. Uh, he's announcing the distribution of his... Uh, What's... What's the Zaprite token called? Zap. Zap. Zrt is 
would be a good that makes sense it's like eth for ethereum right just zap for zap right <laughs> we have a question from the audience are you aware of david chow's alleged status as a shitcoin? i uh the question is uh well i'm not allowed to say the full question because he used a bad word but it was are, am i aware that david chow uh, released an altcoin or supported an altcoin, something like that. So, so some of those words are in there. Uh, I did. I, that's, this is news to me. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, maybe somewhat rumored when he was talking about some sketchy project at Consensus. Yikes! Uh, the, I've been informed that David Chubb was talking. He went to Consensus and talked about an altcoin. That's scammy. Um, so repent, Mr. Chow. Well, he, yes, we need to use the best in, a, in a way, what he, I mean, there's a lot of ridiculous shit that gets built on scammers tech that like 90 plus 90 plus percent of it probably like doesn't make sense. Right. But like there's some percentage of it that does end up being built on Bitcoin. I think the only We're frustrating thing is that like, if it's, it's weird because I've had this conversation with John from ZapRite where it's like, it, it's this weird like sandbox where you can go and build nonsense and, and every once in a while something from the nonsense actually could be used in bitcoin and then it ends up getting built on bitcoin because it's like a cool valuable idea um i'm really kind of torn on whether or not it would be more valuable if everybody was just building the nonsense things they were playing with on bitcoin or if i prefer that they build it over in the nonsense because i don't like if only 90 eight percent of it is like if 98 percent of it is mostly nonsense Wait, do i want 98 percent of the mostly, stuff mostly if if most of it's nonsense do i want the 98 percent we're not using being built on bitcoin do i like want those people over here like what we have a that's what i think i think it's i it's so like a, a, a an audience member chimed in and said that it would be it is bad to have uh bad projects on bitcoin because uses up our transaction fees if we have like 10 space, we've got like 15,000 18,000 stupid crypto projects and like 17,946 of them are literally garbage it like the 50 potentially valuable things that may exist over there that could be integrated into Bitcoin in some way is it is it worth having everybody building crappy nonsensical stuff in Bitcoin all of the time or is I'm it in like favor of it Bring, bring, bring the trash over here, everybody. <laughs> We've got room. We'll take your tired, your hungry, and your poor projects. Well, we would collect their transaction fees, and we would learn how to scale faster. Yeah. So, so we don't need to, like... All that money goes to ETH miners or whatever now. Luke Dasher has this proposal where, like, in order to increase transaction fees and other reasons, we can uh, reduce block sizes. But we could also just fill up our blocks with junk, and that would do the same thing. So, yeah. So why not make it uh, the people with junk projects? I don't know, but I'm doing my best to build all sorts of junk on Bitcoin, and I, <laughs> I hope that I hope that some of it results in increased transaction fees. Um, I, I mean, I guess that's really a fair thought process. It's just like it's like it seems like there's so much junk that it's like kind of scary thinking. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm like not like a developer and I don't like get as technical with these things, but it seems like there's just so much junk that it's like, I don't, 
I've always kind of thought it, it seems like a bad idea to have all of that junk just like on Bitcoin all of the time. But I guess if it was junk and it was being built on Bitcoin, it would also likely be proven to be junk probably a, a lot sure. faster and it would just disappear a lot faster. So I think that's... Most scammy stuff probably won't work on Bitcoin just The whole network is toxic because we don't let people build junk. You're gonna come have a chat with Super programming languages is uh, right. designed to. I don't know how to finish the sentence. Topher, Topher made it in. Let's Hulk. all give a hand to Topher. So, ladies and gentlemen, I think it was two weeks ago we had a special guest by the name of Ben Carman. This week we have a special guest named Ben Price. Price. Just oh. a guest. He's a special guest. Special Ed. A special Ed. <laughs> Regular guest. Regular guest. Welcome, Ben Price. This is the this guy is the founder of the Bitcoin Company, whose logo is this. Thank you. Thank they you. they make they make an app for money laundering. Tell us about that. <laughs> um. I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> but why did you decide to assist people in the facilitation of crime? Uh, no, my favorite thing about their app is that you can use Bitcoin to buy, um, well, I, I was about to say Visa gift cards, which is true, but they also have a bunch of other ones that you get sats back on. Like the last one I bought was a CVS card and I used it at, at CVS, so. Is there a sats back coming on Visa card purchases? They have it. It's 21 sets. <laughs> 21 sets. Uh, no, we we are planning on figuring out how to boost that. We're we're planning on switching providers, so our economics are gonna our economics are gonna change. Um, but I think like we can probably eventually get to a point where we're at least offering like half a percent or something when you pay with Bitcoin. Um, obviously, you get way more rewards when you buy like a closed loop gift card, like a CVS or a, I don't know, Callaway or Dick's Sporting Goods or something. But um, right now we make less than a percent on selling Visa cards. Uh, there's, only, there's only so much room. So you like, the model is you make money on interchange um, and inherently that's for debit cards, you know, typically under a percent. So there's like, we could, I mean, we could offer 10%, but we'd just be losing money. Um, which, Wait, is a, which is a tactic, but. When you guys launched the Visa cards, I think you offered a, a discount with, uh, if, if people paid with um, Jack Mahler's wallet, Strike, yeah, where they could get 5% back. So we that did, was a lot of fun. We did a 20% deal with Strike, and then we added another 1% to make it 21%. I think realistically, once we, once we switch providers, what we'll probably do is in perpetuity offer, you know, 0.69% back or something. Um, <laughs> maybe 0.21 something better than nothing like we it's it's already a good way to sell your bitcoin with no real fees um and no no kyc i guess so i think we solved the sell side portion of the exchange the next thing we got to solve is the buy side is, i think it was on your roadmap if i'm remembering correctly where bitcoin in a in an account or something like that and you have a credit card where you literally make purchases and in real time it converts from Bitcoin to fiat to make the purchase? Yeah, so it was a, a little bit. My background is I used to work at Visa. And so we, like one of the first things we did was apply to 
uh, launch our own card. Um, and so we got approved, so we could theoretically do that at any point. But what we're trying to set up first is the actual Bitcoin exchange, the actual bank account product, because it would be a debit card associated with a checking account. So we need checking accounts first. Um, what we offer today are essentially like prepaid debits. It, it's not associated with an account. It's just a balance that you top up. Um, but yeah, the goal will be... Uh, you can't top up the Visa cards. No. So it's a balance that you don't top up. It's a balance that you load one time. Yeah. Oh, you top it single, up once. Single load prepaid Visa. This is what you have now. Uh, yeah. And then soon I think we'll be able to offer reloadable prepaids uh, that, won't that won't be like TBC branded, but you will actually be able to top up. Uh, you'll have to do some KYC. Um, oh, yeah, it sucks, but well, you have the KYC for the, I assume, for the checking accounts, yeah, convertible. Yeah, is there any possibility you guys aren't helping with money laundering at all? You guys are making it hard. Is there any possibility <laughs> for Chami and Mint's integration to avoid KYC in a product like or that? peppermint integration? We, we've already started. I was talking to Tony about this in Nashville last week. Uh, I really think. I like the idea. So we want to we want to be while we do have to KYC if you sign up for our exchange product, what we want to do is like be one of the first exchanges that will coin join as you withdraw, we would do like a blinded withdrawal. So we don't actually know your withdrawal address. But another way to kind of do that would just be withdraw into Fediment or a Chalmin Mint. And then you go withdraw from them. And that would be theoretically like an anonymous like uh, uh, withdrawal. So there definitely is a use case there. And I I'm going to push on it. It might even solve, I tweeted about this the other day, it might even solve the um, the transfer rule issue where you're supposed to like travel you know, rule. Yeah, travel rule. Uh, where you're supposed to like send uh, the information uh, of the sender and receiver essentially. And I mean, I'm just not sure what, what a like a federated mint would be classified as if that's technically like a financial institution or not. I think but the travel rule is part of the Financial Action Task Force guidelines, which are not laws in the United States. Correct. So we don't have to follow them anyway. True. Uh, like many things, uh, there's legal gray area, but uh, most financial institutions will just not work with you if you don't uh, check some of the boxes. So you can push as hard as you want uh, on some things, but it means... What if we start well, our own financial system? That's... that's <laughs> Kind of what we're doing. I, I was saying the other day, like we uh, as Bitcoiners should all acquire a bank together and like have a real banking license. And I then, think we should all destroy one together. Oh, we're destroying it. many together. Uh, have, have there not been any Bitcoin banks yet? Um, I thought that was happening in Wyoming. Mount Gox. That was Avanti, which changed its name to something else. Uh, they're a special depository. River does not have a banking license. You're back to Brotilla. River has a bunch of MTLs. Um, the Avanti is a special depository institution. It's kind of like a. It, it is a bank, but they have full reserves for. So they have a. They have access access to the. Doesn't Fed sound like a bank to me. Banks are usually partially reserved. Yeah, but it's a special depository financial institution. So it's a special type of bank that has to have 100% reserves. Uh, I think they're positioning themselves as like maybe a stable coin bank, probably. Um, but they are technically a bank. I just, uh, I don't know. I haven't really seen any progress from them. Brian Bishop used to be their CTO and he left. Um, 
I don't know what they're doing, honestly, these days. I don't have, I'm not very bullish on, on them. Silvergate is a bank that you, that a lot of Bitcoin companies use. Silvergate and Signature are the two biggest, like, quote unquote, like crypto friendly banks. They were the first to, um, to bank these big exchanges and companies. They do lending, um, uh, against Bitcoin and they, the real, the real value of them is they have a 24 seven real time settlement network. So when, when you're trading on Saturday and you owe a million dollars to Kraken because you use them for liquidity, uh, you can actually send it and they can receive it. So normal banks, you know, operate nine to five Monday to Friday, but Bitcoin never stops. So you need to be able to move money on the weekends. And so basically every exchange, every liquidity provider, every company like us is plugged into either Signature or Silvergate. Um, so you get like kind of network effects there. Well, thank you for your, the special guest. Everyone give a hand to Ben Price. Thank you. And uh, learned a lot about special depository institutions, which is for me, it used to be a sock, but no, I'm kidding. This is why it's unofficially official that the Bitcoin company will never be a sponsor. <laughs> Family friendly, not at PBS, folks. PBS, it is not PBS Kids. This is PBS Plebs. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think we've made it to NC17, but we're probably, I mean, we're, we're definitely, I don't even know. I, I think, I don't know if, I think, uh, I, yeah, we're definitely past PG13. That was our then. first word today. <laughs> nah, I think we're past PG-13 already. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's been more. Yeah, all right. We're rated R, folks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, right. Um, well, I think that's about it. How, how much? Do we have, like, five minutes left? What do we got? No, we're... We're 23 minutes shy of a uh, typical PBS ending, but you know, if we don't have anything to talk about, it's not we don't have to sit here for 23 minutes and just have weird, awkward silence or try and make weird, random things up. It's supposed to be a free-flowing show, folks. It's like the... What? It's No, I, I won't not talk yet. about... I'm not going to talk about it. The fat lady hasn't sung. I sign paperwork, and then it's official. Until then, we'll keep... Plublab's got a lot of big news in stealth mode. Like, there's probably like in in I anticipate in the next three weeks we'll have probably like seven very large announcements. But right now, none of them are 100% complete. So that lady is warming up. Yeah, she's she's warming up her vocal cords, but she hasn't started singing yet. We got a pleb that got another job, Bitcoin job. You want to come talk oh, yeah, about Austin. it? Austin, come up, come up, Austin, and tell us about your job. He can have my seat. Right? Cool. Yeah. Great. So we got a man. This is what happens when you just move to Austin and start being Austin. Yeah, wow. start showing up in Austin. Austin was, came to Austin. That was yeah. basically what made a difference, I think. Uh, so I this is new news to me because I haven't been here for a little while. So you got a job in Bitcoin. Yeah. Where at? So it's uh, at Fold. It Fold. Kind of the Fold app. Sweet. Um, and so I'm going to be one of their front end engineers there, kind of an entry level position, but. For me, I've been like in a tech job for a while, but haven't been able to like do coding and <clears throat> in the capacity of working on a product, because uh, that's kind of the skill set I want to build up to to you know eventually add more value into Bitcoin. So it's a huge plus for me, and really a long time coming. I mean, I've been applying to 
just about every Bitcoin company and startup for like the last two years, but just had to like level up my skills and then finally come here, get a little more experience and meet some more people. Yeah, I mean, I've seen you working your ass off since you got here. You've, you've been at Pleb Lab, you've been at the Commons. Um, as far as, like you said, that you think moving to Austin at least tangentially helped, like how would you say that the move to Austin kind of benefited you uh, in kind of helping secure the job? Um, it was mainly the experience in the hackathon um, and I think the Bitcoin Plus Plus conference along with Base58, which that's a little bit separate. I actually did that before I got here in Austin. Yep. But those are the only really team. things that were different. Like what they wanted me to do, I've been able to do for like two years, but it's about like making, and this is just getting a job in general, especially in tech. It's about making yourself look like the exact type of person they're looking for. And so for a Bitcoin developer, there's like, you know, a certain kind of profile that people are looking for. And mainly it's just proof of work. Um, and so I think one of the main things I've done that has benefited me is trying to push code almost every day. So when people go to my GitHub, they can see like, oh, this guy has pushed a thousand contributions over the last year and has been doing that for two and a half years or whatever. So that's, you know, when you don't have like a supreme skill set yet, that's the sure. one thing you can put forward is that like, I've got grit and I've shown growth. And so I heads mean, down yeah. and build. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But being here, being around all of these builders, like it's leveled me up really quick. And I, I think given me a lot of motivation. That's awesome. So, well, dude, congrats. That's thanks. big news. We love to see good. We love to see the plebs getting work if that's what they're looking for, you know? You gotta wear a shirt with your nipples out so you can rub them with those kind of comments. Yeah, I'm, wor I'm working on it. All right, <laughs> gotta hit the gym a little more. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Get today was the first. Tail. Today was the first time I've been in the gym in two months. Oh damn, are you lazy? <laughs> two months, man. I was, uh, I was uh, like, uh, I, uh, you could try. I don't know that it would work. It's uh, that's an idea. Oh yeah. I wouldn't want to fight anyone named Super. Trisha, you want to arm wrestle? Do we think anyone here could beat Kyle arm wrestling? Okay. It's a bold, but Jan, it's a bold Jana assertion. gets to tickle. That's her secret. So if that <laughs> no, honestly though, it was like good to get back in the gym. I went. Uh, my gym partner Nate from what used to be, well, he he used to be Bull Bitcoin. Now he's on Unchained Capital. Um, he was my gym partner for like I don't know at least three months, and then he kind of went on like a two month. Uh, vacation, if you will, to like kind of see the West Coast with his fiance before he started his job uh, at Unchained, and and then I had like a bunch of big things happening in my life, and yeah, like uh, yeah, I do like going to the gym as well, but I had, I made excuses and then I got fat and then I got lazy and then I made more excuses and the cycle continued. 
Proof of uh, no less steak, more donuts. But um, it was it was not pretty. But uh, yeah, today we finally got our asses back in the gym. He's been going for like the last like week or so. I've had like a bunch of crazy stuff going on and just like wasn't able to make it until today. But to get back in there today felt pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try and get back to making exercise a routine again because like super pointed out earlier it's like you seem like you're in a good mood and i was like i think the gym really helped i mean there's like a handful of things that helped today but the gym like getting in there and getting active and getting the blood flow going in the middle of the day was beneficial uh gold's right here across the street yeah we go from like 12 to 1 1 15. we used to go from 12 to 2 but uh i think we're both it's a it's little we're a little out of shape at this point to to do yeah, two hours was hardcore. I, I was doing uh, at the tail end of me and Nate's gym cycle before he left on his vacation. I was doing 100 reps of every muscle every day. <laughs> that was pretty brutal. Wait, when are we going to get a Bitcoiner lifting crew, lifting team, whatever you call it? Like, I've, like a Bitcoin boot camp? Yeah. I've thought about it. It was like that was on the roadmap when like pleb lab was going to be like pleb house. And we were like thinking about having like a house and like having like a backyard. It was like I could do boot camps in the backyard. But uh, what the hell you dude, fight club, fight club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, I mean. So when when we so we like we launched Austin Bitcoin Club and Austin Bitcoin Club became like the the thought process for pleb lab all we really knew was that like everybody who was showing up to abc wanted to get developers together more often than bit devs so we just like started exploring how we could do that and like one of the first thought processes was like we could rent space and at one point that became like the space we could rent could just be like a house we could have like like um the what's the name of the show yeah, Catching Fire, and then there's the other one that's like Silicon Valley, I think is what it's called, the show. And it was like basically like the thought process was something like that. Like we could just have like a hacker house. I don't I don't know what that means, but... Okay. I guess that would be me in this scenario. But yeah, the thought process, we'll like, we'll get a house, we'll like clear out some of the rooms and like we could turn them all into offices. We'd have a kitchen, we'd have like a chill hacker house vibe. We could do like barbecues on the, and honestly, well, like we, we were looking for houses. We were like literally Googling houses. We, I think we'd been at Capital Factory for like a month at that point. And uh, I kind of started orange pilling the VP of operations on like day three and he saw us well he saw car looking at houses one day and was like hey what are you looking at what's what are you guys doing and he like told him what we were thinking and like the process we were like thinking through and he was like we should sit down and chat and that's when we got with like uh three people from capital factory and they decided to give us a run at like seeing what we could do and they gave us the space that plug lab has been in for the last year um initially for three months for free and we just kind of like ran with that. So it kind of went in different directions naturally and organically. But the, like the first couple of days, couple of like potentially like maybe like the first two weeks of like the thought process of Pleb Lab was we were just going to go do like a hacker house, which never would have worked because I never would have been able to finance it. I had, would have had no idea how to have like paid for the upfront costs of like renting a house. So we got really lucky that we were like looking for a house and they decided to give us three months of free office space and like... 
I squatted for the past. Yeah, no, I actually paid for it. I like took out, I collateralized half of my entire Bitcoin position and took out a loan. Uh, and you almost got a hundred dollars from that. Yeah, yeah, I got a, I got a. I do, man. I, I believe in what Bitcoiners are building enough that uh, I saw the value in helping them and I stacked half my stack on it. Uh, and I mean, that worked. That got us to a point where somebody else saw the value in it and they gave us $300,000 to try and expand it out even further. So, what, What's the like optimistic future vision for Pleb Lab? Because you, you are doing like an accelerator like YC type of model, but it's even a little bit different than how they've done it or any other accelerator. Like, how do you see this playing out? That's a great question. Um, I mean, it is a little bit different than YC in like a couple of respects. YC obviously doesn't have like a physical space that people are a part of. Uh, it also, basically every accelerator that I could find when I was like researching accelerators is started by someone or some group of people that like had successful exits already. They like had yeah. millions or even billions of dollars of their own money and they started a program. They subsidized the costs of the program. They hire all these people to like help. They have these huge networks because they've already done it. Uh, and then they basically recoup the costs of all of that infrastructure cost in the long term by just creating a fund where all of their rich friends invest in the fund and then they invest in the companies that come through the program. Um, the challenge we ran into with Pleb Lab was that like, I didn't have millions or billions of dollars. I didn't, I had some Bitcoin. Um, I didn't have any network connections from having built companies in the past. I had Austin Bitcoin Club, uh, a guy named Carr and a guy named Keon. And he's, I think he's recording TFTC right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we basically had a belief that we could help people. So we just decided once we realized that like what we would likely have, if we had like a bunch of developers and or startups in an office space was something close to an accelerator. The thought process was just like, yeah, thank you. You've heard it a million times. That's why give it away, man. I guess like the long story short is like, where does it go from here? I'm not really sure. I mean, we're like, we're getting close to something that's not where we've been for the last year. Uh, like I said, nothing's like kind of finalized yet. So I don't really want to get too into like what the next couple of weeks look like, but if I could just visualize where I'd like it to go from here, the 10 year roadmap. Okay. That's, that's, I guess that's an easier thing to, the, the 10 year roadmap is I, I, the little indeed building here across the street, not the big indeed building, but the little indeed building is, is pleb lab across the top. And, uh, and we're helping Bitcoin developers around the world through like a significantly larger reach and like build out of our educational infrastructure to like expand beyond the walls of Austin so that Bitcoin wins everywhere. Hell yeah. I say we take the Google building. The Google building? But, you know, one step at a time. I'm, look, look, that's the 10-year roadmap. The, like, 15-year roadmap is that we, we build Bitcoin Campus, which is, like, a giant open courtyard marble campus. Because, like, I feel like every... Sure, you can have a ball pit. Can I have a nude statue? I feel, like, I feel like all of these giant mega tech companies like Apple and Google, they all missed the mark with their campuses, like these big, ugly glass monoliths. 
dude, like the ancient Romans, like the Greeks, like that's what I would do if I was building, I would build a campus that's literally like, now look, inside that like open air marble system, you have like, a, you have a glass case where like if there's inclement weather, you can go inside the open area in a marble building and like still work. But uh, I think like building like something really beautiful would be awesome. And if you're going further than the 10 year roadmap, Pleb Lab becomes um, a marble courtyard that lasts for hundreds of years. Yeah, the Pleb. Can, can you see the sun and moon from it? What? Absolutely. This is the podcast. I mean, that's how it works. It's a, it's a live show. Look, this is not a podcast folks. If you're watching this at home, you're not doing it the correct way. We've, we've got like tacos. We've got alcohol. We've got a bunch of plebs hanging out, having a good time. Uh, so join us, join us live for PBS at Bitcoin commons every Friday at five 30. Uh, before we go one last Voltage. word, you take it away. Voltage is awesome. If you're a developer, Voltage will host your Lightning node and it will be your node provider for your always online Lightning node and will help you expedite opening up channels and even use Ellen bits for your accounting and wallet services for all of your apps and perhaps helping you get a job. Check out Voltage. Voltage will, they provide liquidity, infrastructure for, for, Lightning, for Lightning companies. I feel like I should have a better sales pitch at this point for, for Voltage. I've been working with them for an entire year. What I will say about Voltage is uh, Voltage.cloud. Well, here's what I, at least I know that. I, what I will say, my, like hands, hands down, Voltage has been the number one company that has like shown through uh, like support alongside Pleb Lab since day one that they get the vision of supporting the developer community. They have sponsored every event we've thrown. They have gotten involved with every like hackathon educational thing that we've done. They put together a program to like provide nodes and liquidity for the startups working in Pleb Lab. Like these guys through and through get the mission of like Bitcoin needs to win. And uh, we definitely love Voltage for, for their support with that part of the Bitcoin community. So thank you, Voltage. And uh, with that, yeah, fucking A. I think that's, see, now we're rated R. There was another one. Um, that That's another episode of PBS, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for... Happy Friday, Pleb.